This is the happy hour. You guys going to happy hour? Live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Yeah, maybe I'll come for a couple. Here are your hosts, Nick Sainert. I want to know what it's like to commit a crime without having to spend time in jail. And Enrique Alvarez Cleary. C is for chunk. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome in. Happy Monday, folks. This is the happy hour, 93.7 The Ticket, ticketfm.com. Nick Sainert and Enrique Alvarez Clary with you today. Hello, Rico. Hello. How are you doing? I don't know. All right. Do you want to talk about it? We will. We sure will. Um, as always, 402-464-5685, the Honda of Lincoln Hotline, the Sutter Heyman Text Line. Both of those are open for you all hour long, as well as on the Sutter Heyman Jewelers video stream, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. Interact with the show that way. I'm sure you guys still have a lot of thoughts. Um, had a couple days for Nebraska Purdue to settle in. Um, kind of your your thoughts on obviously the coaching staff, the whole situation going there. You may have seen Gary Patterson was let go, or they mutually parted, parted ways at TCU. So um, if you were like me, you kind of looked at TCU's previous couple years and Nebraska's couple years. So we'll talk about that a little bit. Why and would then, you do that to yourself? Yeah, I, I did do it. Um, and then we will also just kind of talk about Nebraska's situation as they head into Ohio State. Um it's an interesting one. Ohio State sixth in the country. We'll see where they fall in the college football playoff rankings. There's a very good chance that Cincinnati is not in the top four tomorrow, which is I, which mm, is a serious problem. Mm, and Ohio State is. You cannot tell me that the regular season matters, and you actually want to get the four best teams in the playoff mm-hmm. if you start putting teams with with losses above undefeated teams who have played decent. Decent enough up to this point. They beat India. They they did what you were telling them to do. They put hard teams on their schedule. Unfortunately, one of those teams ended up not being good this year in Indiana. But they played Notre Dame and they beat Notre Dame. They've beaten everybody else on their schedule. They've moved all the way up into the top four. And now you're going to punish them because they're not Alabama and they're not Ohio State. The fact that Ohio State is still above Oregon, who beat them, yes, is disgusting. And I don't, you know, you're going to say, oh, the eye test, oh, style point. No, I don't, I don't care about that. Who beat who? They are both, you know, whatever and one. Oregon has the head-to-head victory over Ohio State. Put them above Ohio State. I don't care. We'll see how it all kind of unfolds tomorrow night when they, when they release the first college football playoff rankings. I'm looking at Cincinnati's schedule. They, like, like Rico they don't have said, anybody to. Like Rico kind of said, is they've beaten everybody that they've had to beat. They've played, obviously. The... The one quality game that they have left is on November 20th against SMU. The the four remaining, they have Tulsa next week, South Florida the following week, uh, since or excuse me, SMU then, and then the last week they ended out uh, with East Carolina. So we'll uh, kind of see how all of that happens. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and get to a couple on the text line here. 402-464-5685 before me and Rico give our thoughts um, on on how everything kind of unfolded. Rubber Duck from LinkedIn. May we not forget Nebraska is still under investigation for practicing too much. Also first text. <laughs> Congrats, Rubber Duck. Cubsker, N- N- Rico and Nick, let's get this Monday going. We're, we're, we're trying. We're working on it. Um, here's, here's one with Max Duggan. I don't know if you guys remember. That was the whole 
quarterback from Lewis Central in Council Bluffs. Uh, he was actually a Nebraska lean for a, a su- substantial amount of time. Decent amount of time. But well, who knows what his Ended how he would have planned out in Nebraska also. Ended up going to TCU. He's doing pretty well. Um, uh, there's no news of him transferring. So mm-hmm. He's had a pretty good year. He's had a pretty decent career at at TCU. Let me let me look it up here really quickly. Um okay, here we go. Max Duggan, Council Bluffs, Iowa. In his his season stats, 1600 yards, 14 touchdowns, four picks. Um over his career. Um let's see. Well, in 2019 his freshman year, he had over 2000 passing yards, so that's not bad. 15 touchdowns, 10 picks his freshman year. So that's not too great. Mm-hmm. So he's had he's had a mediocre couple years um at TCU. Okay, let's go ahead and dive into Nebraska. Rico, what were your overall thoughts in in a somewhat of a quicker statement? What were your overall thoughts on Saturday's performance? How did the um, emotionally highs and lows of your your day play out? What the hell? Yeah, that's it. That sums up that sums up the the game for me. Really, um, you had a pretty good offensive performance and defensive performance in the first half. Um, and then when the sec you came out of the locker room for the second half, and it seemed like everything you did on the offensive side of the ball, you decided to throw it in the trash mm-hmm. and not look at it ever again. You were running the ball extremely well in the first half, and that led you to a couple good passes and, and some really good situations, and being able to move the ball up and down the field on a pretty tough Purdue defense. You know, you had a couple, you know, missteps here and there, but for the most part, the offense was pretty good in the first half of the first half of the contest. And then when the second half started, you had the lead and went away from the running game. You went away from a running back who was running pretty hard, really hard, and really good in Jacquez Yant. Um, and I'm not saying, you know, him or Ramir Johnson, you know, you had to choose because Ramir was running pretty well as well, but Jacquez was having success against Purdue, and you you decided to sit him down and and not give him another look. Really, you went with Ramir Johnson, who was still getting things done, but you didn't really give him the ball all that much. And you decided to pass it some more, and with your lack of running the ball, Purdue started teeing off on your quarterback, getting him off of his spots, and causing him to throw a lot more interceptions and the offense to falter and and not do anything on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, you stayed pretty consistent and you were you were holding Purdue for a little bit but you allowed a team who does not run the ball particularly well at all to pretty much run all over you I don't understand what was going on there but the way Nebraska was was hitting holes and 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 you know taking angles to ball carriers was not great I'm I'm confused and curious. I think those are two words just in the season in general, but also looking specifically at Saturday and we we've talked about it this year how it feels like the halftime adjustments have been improved. They haven't been great. We saw it against Michigan. They came out really really on fire. They came out playing well, kind of executing something that they haven't done in a while. And Here's what I'll say, and I, I have a quote kind of to um, talk about this. So let's go ahead and play this here, Rico. On Saturday, right after the postgame show, Frost was kind of asked about how, um, or he was just asked over his over general thoughts, and here's what he had to say postgame Purdue. Not, you know, I, I'm not sure. We, we just didn't, we played a really poor second half. Uh, we didn't get very many possessions in the first half. I thought we did a good job offensively with what we had, a good enough job defensively. Um, Gave them seven points on a turnover. I give Purdue a lot of credit. Um, 
they stuck to their plan and won a, a game on the road in the Big Ten. Um, you can't go minus four in turnovers and beat very many people in the Big Ten. And um, we played a, a poor second half. Here's here's what I gathered kind of out of that. Yes, it's the minus four. I mean, Purdue did it the, the week before against Wisconsin, had five or lost the turnover battle by five and, and lost to Wisconsin, who may very well be the best team in the Big Ten West now competing with Minnesota. And, I mean, I think Wisconsin's defense puts them above above Minnesota when we're looking at um, who's top in the Big Ten West. However, Wisconsin's defense, Minnesota's offense. Minnesota has a better offense than Wisconsin. Wisconsin has figured out how to kind of run the ball and not use Graham Mertz as much, though. Anyway, um, they did – I mean, Purdue did the previous week. They lost the turnover battle by quite a bit, and they lost the game. Then Nebraska does the same exact thing this week with four turnovers. Scott's absolutely right about that. Coach Frost hits hits it right on the head about that. However, when is Nebraska going to get to the point where they – stop giving other teams credit when is nebraska he he mentions in there and verbatim i have to give purdue a lot of credit they stuck to a game plan when is nebraska when is nebraska going to stick to something that they believe in that they that they have faith in do they have faith in anything that's my whole point i don't it's not even about the the coaching and whether or not scott should be coaching here that's with any other staff that would be would be coaching nebraska or any program around the around the country is why, if if something is working, why not stick to that? And then I'm thinking, you know, just throughout Coach Frost's whole ten, tenure here, it's kind of been that story over and over and over again. Finding an offensive identity. That's kind of, or, that's or kind not of, being able to. Well, that's kind of what it is, is finding an offensive identity and sticking to the plan where, you know, kind of like Wisconsin. I mean, what Wisconsin, they weren't running the ball well in the first half of the season, but they stuck to it. And guess what? They figured it out. Now look at them. They're running the ball really well. That's what Wisconsin does. They run the ball. Nebraska needs to figure out what they want to do on the offensive side of the ball and stick to it and just keep doing it. Because right now they have multiple identities. Some games, they're a running team. Some games, they're, some games, they're a passing team. It's very confusing, especially I mean, I, I can't speak for the players because, you know, they're they're out there practicing and playing the games. So I, I would think that they, they've got everything down pat. But to me, it, it, it's a little confusing because there's some games where your where your offensive linemen are are going forward using the strength that they've they've gained over the offseason and during the season to run people over and, and move mm-hmm. people out of the way for your offense for your running backs. And then there's some games where you're asking them to be more light on their feet and quick with their hands to keep people away from the quarterback. Where, you know, I, I understand you have to do both things. You have to know how to do both things. But if you have your offensive line and you're like, hey, from for from here on out, what we're going to do is for the most part, you are going to run people over. You are going to shove them down, pancake them, get them out of the way for the running backs, and then when when that opens up and we we keep doing that, they're not going to want to come at you as fast. That's when we'll start passing the ball. But guess what? We're a run first team. So what you're doing is you're knocking people over. You're making them, mm-hmm. you know, work for every single every single yard that they're trying to keep us away from. So the the way that Nebraska goes about it is they're like, hey, we're gonna do this this week. We're gonna do this this week, and it's extremely confusing. 402-464-5685, the Honda of Lincoln Hotline, Sutter Heyman text line. Both of those are open for you the rest of the show here. Um, we'll get to your text here momentarily. We do have a phone call on the Honda of Lincoln Hotline. Uh, Mark is with us. Mark, how's it going, man? What's on your mind? Good. How are you guys doing today? Not too bad. Yeah, we're here. <laughs> 
say, um, I, I I'm, I'm an older guy, and uh, I, I like the you know back in the '80s and '90s when there was problems going on. Tom Osborne wasn't shy about bringing somebody, especially a quarterback, mm-hmm. you know, setting them out for a play and kind of talking to him a little bit. Scott Frost was asked that in this post game. I can't remember um, exactly how it was stated, but he said something on the lines like, "Well." That happened to me, and I still have uh, bad thoughts about that, so I'm not going to do that to these guys. Yes. Um, Did you guys hear that in that post game? I, I, heard, I heard the part where he said something about um, he thought about taking him out, and then he didn't, they didn't talk about it as a coaching staff, but you know, he just kind of thought about it to himself real quickly. Right. So I don't know why why can't they take him out. I mean, I get yeah. something else was asked, and he said he said something about well, the backups are not ready yet. Well, that's yes. on you as a coach. The backups are not ready yet. I watched NFL this weekend. I'm, I'm and I know you guys are giving me crap. I'm a diehard Cowboys fan. Hey, I'm not giving you crap. I, I have a couple. Play, and Cooper Rush came in, who has not thrown a ball for four years, but the offense rallied around him and the defense, and they were able to win that game. I still think, I played high school football, if you have an issue or you're not seeing something, because I know a lot of times he doesn't see a guy opened who's right there, but he's, to me, he feel, I feel like he has to, that's the plan and that's where I have to go. There are no A, Bs, and Cs. It's A, I've got to throw it to that guy. Even if there's 12 guys on him, I still have to throw it to him. Yeah. But I- that's all I got, so... Yeah, and thanks for the call, Mark. We, we appreciate there. 402-464-5685. And we'll we'll dive into the Adrian Martinez discussion because you guys know that Rico and I are, are most of the time pretty pro-Adrian Martinez. We've stuck up with him before and, and when he's had some not all that great games. However, I'll be the first to admit, he did not play well Saturday. And, and after especially the third interception, I was surprised to not see Logan Smothers in, in the game. And it was kind of confusing because then that tells me that, one, the guys behind Adrian, like like all you Husker fans are feeling, like the, the guys behind Adrian aren't either ready or, number two, the staff doesn't have confidence in any of them. And like Mark just said, is a good percentage of that is on the coaching staff, right? That's mostly on the coaching staff. Your job is to prepare these guys. I mean, you've had Logan Smothers for two years. Your job is to prepare these guys for situations just like this. I mean, you've had Matt Masker on the on the in the quarterback room for even longer. You would think that he'd be prepared for this situation. You you would think he would know the playbook and you'd be able to throw him in there and he'd be able to make some type of plays. I'm not saying he goes out there and he wins the game for you, but it's just somebody that you can put in the game to sit Adrian down at least for a for for a series or something and and talk with him get you know talk to him and and pick his brain a little bit and see what's going on with him because that that interception where he just kind of was getting sacked and just pitched the ball I don't know what was going through his head but it was not a smart play well and that's that's the kicker you said something there Rico and I want to point this out is if if Nebraska were to bench Adrian Martinez or sit him out for a series or for for the rest of the game at five minutes left in the fourth quarter nowhere does that mean that he has to sit out the next game, that he doesn't have the opportunity to start next game. Some days, dudes just don't have it. And and that very well could have been the case with Adrian Martinez on Saturday. I mean, you, you saw Adrian get benched last year in the Penn State game, and Nebraska went out and won the game with Logan, with, with Logan with, uh, Luke, Luke McCaffrey at quarterback. 
you know, and then and and then the next game, Luke McCaffrey not too hot. Adrian Martinez comes in and plays much better than he did in that that first part of the season. So maybe a guy just needs to sit down for a little bit, clear his mind. Well, and and, and Scott was kind of asked about that after the the game on Saturday. I don't have the bite, but he was asked about it after the game about how if he was opening up the con- the quarterback conversation. And once again, even if they were to bring Logan Smothers in that day you still don't have to open up the quarterback conversation. Nowhere does that mean that Adrian Martinez is not the best player on the on the roster or, or quarterback in that quarterback room. That just means that that day, obviously, after his third pick, after he... Um, uh, the, the Austin Allen one, I, it's hard to blame on Adrian Martinez. Austin Allen, that, that was just unlucky. It's not even Austin Allen's fault in my mind. However, the, the blatant overthrow that Martinez threw... That's on Adrian. The shovel Patrick Mahomes tr- trying to be shovel pass, mm-hmm. that's on Adrian. The pick six is on Adrian. Yes. And and so all of those are on him. And, and Frost said something today about, and I, we've gotten this on the text line, and I'll get to the rest of your text here here momentarily. We've, we've gotten this about how it, Scott Frost was taking blame for Adrian Martinez's picks and stuff. That's and a weird here, Here's one. the thing. Here's the thing. In year one, when when Adrian's not a four-year starting quarterback, maybe that can fly. However, out on this offense, everybody should know how to, or out of everybody, Adrian should know how to run the offense the most efficient compared to everybody else, you in should, my mind. The, the four-year starting quarterback should be able to take criticism and not try to make a play to, to, to make up for his coach yelling at him for not getting a first down. 402-464-5685, the Honda of Lincoln Hotline, Sutter Heyman text line. We have another phone call here. Um, before we take a quick break, we have Nolan on the line. Nolan, what is on your mind, man? Hey, I was just wondering, with with Martinez going forward for the next three games, in my eyes, what's the – what's maybe starting for the Ohio State game, but how quick after a mistake do you bring in a new guy to try to get somebody else in for next season? I mean, are we going with Adrian next season, or what's what's the plan there would be my big question. For, for going for the next three games. Yeah, thanks for the call, Nolan. And that's a very interesting part because you want to walk that fine line of, of throwing in the towel this season because despite Nebraska looking pitiful on, on in the second half of Saturday's game and everything, you know, we look at the f- next three games and it's Ohio State, per, or Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Iowa, despite everything, they still have a slim, very, very slim chance to make a bowl game. You have a chance to win and these so, next three games. And and even though Nebraska's not even close to being the favorite in Ohio State's game and probably not the Wisconsin game, and who knows about the Iowa game. They're not going to be favored against Iowa. Either way, you have to walk that fine line of throwing in the towel. Because, Nolan, you make a good point of where, I mean, Scott said it today with they didn't bring in Logan Smothers because the, they just don't feel like he has experience. Well, when do you get him experience? When are, when is he going to get that experience? Or or are we just waiting till the next season when Adrian's not here and he's kind of the guy in line? If that makes sense. It's like when on a job application it says, you know, uh, it, it's an it's an opening spot, but you know, they want 3 years experience and you're straight out of college and it's like, how do I get experience if nobody's going to let me get experience doing this job? It's it's one of those things where if you if you're scared to put Logan in because you don't know how he's going to react to a situation, then you're in a lot of trouble because you won't know how he's going to react until he gets into that situation in a game. I want to get to this text 
Ed says, if Adrian Martinez's ego is that fragile to take him out for one series and coach him during a game, then maybe that's the bigger issue. I, I don't think it's Adrian Martinez's ego that's the problem here or issue because, like Rico kind of pointed out, is last year he got benched and and he, Martinez has kind of been open about it. Earlier in this in this season, he talked about it in some press conferences about how you know sometimes when you when you need to just realize that the world doesn't evolve, revolve around you and that um, that the team is bigger than yourself that it's okay to be benched. And also Nebraska kind of, um, we we've seen last year how Nebraska played decent for the first, uh, for Penn state without Adrian. And then we saw Luke McCaffrey go out against Illinois. And then Adrian comes back in during the game and almost brings Nebraska back last season. And so I don't know if Adrian's ego is the issue here, or if it's just lack of trust in the guys behind him. And if that's the case, then that's what's alarming, in my opinion. That's what needs to be talked about or or pointed out. I mean, you brought these guys in for a reason, and you're scared to put them in a game. That seems like a problem. It seems like a problem yes. for the coaching staff. If you're going out of, if you're going out, you're recruiting these guys that you're extremely excited about, and you talk, you 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 gush you you gush about how great they are and how good they do in practice, and then when it comes down to game time and you have a chance to, to maybe switch something up and get them into a game, you're just like, eh, no, I guess we'll stick with this guy who's thrown three interceptions already. I guess we'll stick with this guy who's thrown four interceptions already. Mm-hmm. Uh, I understand he's a four-year starting quarterback, but as you said earlier, sometimes you just don't have it. And there were there were multiple instances in that game where Adrian Martinez was showing he just did not have it in that game. 402-464-5685, Sutter Heyman text line. Ooh. You good there? Yeah, about I I don't know what happened there. All right, let's get to a couple of these texts. Um, it takes more than one. If it takes more than one year to learn enough of the offense to be able to come out on the field and play, you're not running a proper college offense. Well, and that's what I was kind of saying is is on Saturday, um, it's it is um, disappointing when I, I you feel like Adrian in year four should be the most um, knowledgeable of the offense. He's been the guy running it for ninety percent of the of the games in his four years here. All right, let's get to a couple. Oh, he's more. got the offense down. It's just it's not being run by him mm-hmm. or by many other people. Maybe the the play calling for the offense isn't being called. Like I'm not calling one person out. I'm calling everybody out. Maybe the play calling. Maybe the the quarterback. Maybe the line. Maybe the running backs. Maybe the wide receivers. I don't know who's at fault for any of this. But as of right now, it's everyone. Another texter, if it takes... Oh, excuse me. I, do, I don't know why anyone would want Adrian back at this point. You haven't won with him for four years. Uh, we just had a text dump, so I lost it. Uh, I'm guessing you have a, a change would be healthy at this point, they say. Gus says this... I mean, he's kept you in as many games as he's taken you out of. Like, if yeah. there... If you didn't have Adrian Martinez in some of the games that you've won, you would not win them. But then there are there are instances in games that you've lost where if you maybe had a, had somebody that wasn't Adrian Martinez at that point, maybe you win those games. I don't, I don't know. Gus says this. You guys are spot on. Sit Martinez a play, a series, a game, whatever. Just let him sit and try to get his head right. Also, someone get into Martinez's... Um, never mind. What? I don't know. That's They don't make sense there. Um let's not forget that this loss comes after a bye a bye week and we still can't come up with a game plan to beat Purdue. Why did we come out so flat? Interesting. What did they do during halftime? <laughs> or what did they not do during halftime? Because do you think they went to the halftime in the locker room at halftime and thought, "All right guys, we're doing really good. Let's switch it up. Let's let's not do what we're doing. 
Purdue's gonna Purdue's gonna make adjust this. Okay, actually, I just thought about this. This this makes sense, although it shouldn't make sense. They went into the locker room and they thought everything that we're doing right now is is frustrating Purdue and it's working out really well. So let's switch it up because they're gonna adjust to what we've been doing, not to what we're going to do. Maybe they outthought themselves once again. Once again, made it tougher than it needs to be. They are not keeping it simple. They tried to outsmart everybody, and they ended up beating themselves. All right, let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we will get to some of the quotes that uh, Cam Taylor-Britt and Frost said earlier today. We'll do all that next on The Happy Hour. Follow Nick and Enrique on Twitter at Nick underscore Sainert and at Radio Rico AC. More of Happy Hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.